Hello everyone and welcome to Artifacts. Um, if you are a creator, spectator, or enthusiast of the arts, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Marissa Dickens, and I'm super, super excited today. I've always wanted to do this podcast, and I've wanted him to be my first person because he's cool, he's got some cool music, he's a self-starter, creator, I love it. So, I'd like to introduce my cousin, Nathan Lamba. Say hello! Hi. Hi, podcast. <laughs> Hi, podcast. So, I kind of want to go from your music beginnings, kind of talk about your music journey. Did you play an instrument? When did you get into music? So, like a lot of kids, I played, I was in band. So, I played French horn in high school. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shout out Walnut Hills. So, played French horn, but that wasn't really when, like, the kind of music I'm doing now started. That started in college. So I never, I took like one guitar lesson once in high school, and then I got too busy with other stuff. And so in college, you had typewriter John and the Blue Strings, yes. correct? Yes. Now explain that origin and how you found those band members. So starting in college, you're a little behind uh, with a lot of other musicians. Uh-huh. And so, but it was, it was great because I was like, it was one of my stress relievers. And in engineering school, you know, you get a lot of stress. So I played mm-hmm. a lot of guitar, so I got better. <laughs> <laughs> and then in sophomore year, I had a bunch of musical friends, just like, or friends from a long time ago, but I would live with them and we would just like do random jams and stuff like that. The very first thing is when I was with Patrick and I think we were at, we were at a music fest. I remember this very vividly. We were at Bunbury. We were on the main lawn. I got a new apartment or whatever. I was like, hey, Patrick. You want, you want to start a band? And he's like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And he's like, I got some drums. And then I said... <laughs> Just easy as that. Let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah, and then I was like, well, I have a basement now. I'm going to go put your drums in my basement. <laughs> this is classic. I love it. It's like, hey, you want to put, put some drums in my basement? And it's all like, about oh, who yeah. you know. It's all about who you yeah, know. Yeah, so it was... I knew, yeah, so then we got the drums in the basement. And then I was like, all right, I got my boys Ellis and John, mm-hmm. who I knew and I jammed with before. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, we were like clicking. Like, oh, this is sick. This is awesome. You know, we were starting messing around. And then Patrick knew, knew a guy named John, a different John. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know this really good bass. I was like, okay, let's like get him in the room and see... See what mm-hmm. he sounds like mm-hmm. with us. So he came in, and then it was, like, perfect. He was insanely good. Everybody was way better than me at this point. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, these guys are great. We were just, like, straight playing music, jamming, mm-hmm. going for, like, an hour. And then at the end of that, we stopped, and then we all looked up at each other, and we were just like, oh, shit. Like, this was, like, this, this is magic. This it's, works. It's happening. It yeah. works. It works. And then John Moody came, his fingers came up off of his bass, and he was bleeding. He was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. He was He's going like, hard. I'm, I'm bleeding. And we were just like... Oh, dude, like, we could have, like, stopped or something, like, and he was like, no, I haven't had this much fun. <laughs> like, I He's feeling it too much. He's I haven't yeah. had this much fun. And then, at that point, we were just, all right. This is it. Let's, let's, let's be a band. And then from there, I already had written, pretty much fully written out a song or two mm-hmm. that I wanted to play with the band. And so we started by learning songs that I wrote mostly by myself. Mm-hmm. Or I had, like, the chords and the melody and like an idea for a bass line, but I didn't quite have mm-hmm. a bass line or an idea for a piano. They slotted in. Was it hard? I mean, you guys all like kind of meshed together in that jam session. Was it hard though with different, all these different people in the room and voices in the room to kind of say like, hey, I want to do this, but they would just kind of come in and play what they wanted to play? Yeah, so we, everybody was super chill. 
And so we're all super nice and, like, relaxed and, like, very easygoing. So there was never, ever, ever any, like, real friction ever. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's good. It's good. And always, and, like, our, or at least my mentality going into it, like, yes, I would have, like, the background of a song already written, Mm -hmm. like, the chords and the melody and stuff. But it's always been, at least for that band, like, do whatever you guys want. Mm -hmm. This is my idea. But if you think it's better, you're going like this. Like, and usually every time there was no reason for me to, to want it. Like, for me, it's like, there's no reason for me to want it to be exactly how I envisioned it, because they would always make it better. Every time I would give anybody, like, a note or something, they would always make it better. Or if I just didn't give them a note, they would just make something up that would be way the heck better than anything that I could have thought of. It sounds like a really cool collaborative process open. I think all these peep guys who love musicians are very chill. So I feel Mm -hmm. like it was time for you to explore not only the process of having a band and work with other people, but kind of how kind of honing in on your own musicality and your own uh, way of creating and kind of your artistic voice throughout that process, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, and also I just mentioned, and then later we had another another guy, Will, Will, who was like, Will, and is a fantastic freaking musician as well. He came in. So it was like, and we're all engineers. Mm-hmm, which I love. <laughs> Science and art, we're hey, it goes together, it goes yeah. together. I love it. You can. But the typewriter John phase, like that was very much, very much, we, we didn't have... A there's real no, goal. There's no stakes. A, there's no stakes. Kind of. You yeah. Know, in so the we're sense all of... just there. There wasn't. There was no reason for me for anybody to just try to do anything that didn't feel right because we're all just having fun. Like mm-hmm. that was our goal. We just wanted to have fun and, and play music for people. Yeah. And so it was super easy. We were still kind of forming like how how we like to play music together and like and then I as a musician got so much better just because like we're like playing guitar next to Ellis so much. I'm like mm-hmm. holy crap! Like that was great. Typewriter John and Blue Strings, very experimental, very like no stakes, have fun. Just chilling out, playing chilling music out, vibing, for people. getting better. Okay, awesome. so then that ends. Yeah. And then now Hera. What, what, before even going into Hera, how did what did you learn just in general with Typewriter John? How do you apply that to Hera in the sense of now you now you want to create your own music? Now you have it's just yourself before you had Neha and, and what were your takeaways from Typewriter to now bring into Hera before you even started Hera? Did you have any? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I actually did. I had a pretty strong vision. So, Typewriter John, very, it, like, we were very different from Hera. Probably the biggest takeaway with my direction was that every second, every moment that I was, like, hanging out with those guys and playing music was exactly how I wanted it to be, how I could have ever imagined it to be. It was amazing. It was perfect. And it was very much, I was one of six people, which is big. Yeah. And, you know, I never wanted to have, like, more more voice than other people or, like, my ideas get over other people or other people get over, like, my ideas. It's always It was always incredibly collaborative. Mm-hmm. Like, John Moody came and he's like, hey, I wrote this song. Like, Nathan, you should sing it. I'm not a great singer. Like, I'm okay. Like, I could I could get by for you a college rock a band. I could yeah. carry a tune for a college rock band as long as I'm writing the melodies in a register that I can, like, When you sing, sing some of your, your lyrics, I'm like, that, that, there's a tune. I can get I can get yeah. down with it. I can, vis- I can visualize it. Yeah, hear yeah. it. So I was like, no, John, you should sing this. <laughs> it's like, no, you. It's you fine. It's it. fine. Like, you, you wrote it. You sing it. Everybody should take onus of every everything you did. So, you know, like, Will sing on a fantastic song that we did together. It was It was amazing. But then this, when going to Hera, my biggest takeaway was, you know, I was one of six and then, but now I want to actually have more creative control. I had a vision for what I wanted because I was in my listening, I, I moved a little bit more towards like electronic type pop, like more synths. I love, I yeah. love like more synth stuff and more fun and energetic pop. Mm-hmm. Like I was like feeling that. 
and I felt like I had a strong enough sense of melody at this point. I understand the songwriting process enough that I was like, you know, listening to song on, songs on the radio and, you know, having the incredibly naive thought, oh, I could like make songs like that. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, and then, but I want to have more creative control. So I knew I, and then, so I going in, I was like, all right. Cause at one point, you know, in college I got like a, a keyboard and I started messing around with that. And then once I got my, you know, went off after college, I got myself like a, a synthesizer. And so I've been, I was sort of messing around with that mm-hmm. and like I got logic pro. And so I started recording myself and things like that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I can do a lot of this stuff by myself at this point. And now I want to have one other person. The, the one thing I knew that I was really bad at was singing. He's not, <laughs> not bad really at singing. Bad at. He's not, not bad. You're not, not bad. Really bad at. Not bad at. The, 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 my, my weakest strength was my singing. Okay. And I love strong female-led, like, pop. So I want, I would love to have a female singer because that's maybe, that was, like, at that point in time and still is one of my favorite types of music. It's just, like, energetic, fun, cool um, female vocal synth backing. Like I love that type of music. So I wanted to make that type of music. Yeah. And so I was looking around for female vocalists to make music with. Enter Neha. Tell me how you guys met. Cause you told me this before, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, we were working in the same company. We're chilling, we're working. I'm making music by myself. You know, I, I'm, I'm starting to pretend to be a producer, stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I, MIDI. I discovered what MIDI is. Yes. You know, put it in, <laughs> put it in the computer. And then six months into working, in my first job out of college, I got a really big withdrawal. Jamming with five other people is a really, really amazing, like powerful, like feeling when you're making music with together with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're flowing with each other's like ups and downs with like your emotions, intensities, and you're listening. There's a lot of people in the room. A lot of, a lot of yeah. That's another yeah. thing. That was one of the biggest things that I took away from Typewriter John is like listening, how important it is and how critical it is for music. But six months in, I'm having a withdrawal for all this greatness that is playing music with people. Yes. And I'm like, I, I can't, I, I need to make music with people right now. Yeah. And so I started asking around at work and I was like, Hey, and nobody sings, nobody sings, nobody sings. And then like every other person like, Oh, Neha sings. Oh, and, Oh, Neha sings. Oh, Neha like, sings. Who is this Neha? Like, okay, cool. So like, okay, like, let me, let me check her stuff out real quick. I looked her up on YouTube and I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> She's insane. Yeah, and she then at a conference at one point, I was like, Hey, what's up? And Oh, and she was always like, and she did acapella and all sorts of awesome music stuff too in college so she's she likes so she was also kind of like looking around for people to make music with at that point so we were both like doing the same thing like looking for people to play music with and i was like hey so uh you want to like make some music at some point sometime <laughs> she's like oh yeah sure slide in that and she's <laughs> yeah and she's great and she's so she's like yeah sure she's like down for down for for uh for anything so, yeah we'll, we'll make music sometime let's do it and then so did you have yeah, that was it. the name hair up already or no you guys came up with it together you have yeah, just had a couple of pieces of music. So here the first and there. no, it was so the hair came from Miami actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, which is a are going to be our single. It's a great, it's a great song. It's great. <laughs> so we did we like just like jammed a little bit, like sang some covers together, and I was like, oh yeah, like, and she was like, oh you're good, and I was like, okay, you're insane, and then we were like, <laughs> we were like okay, and so just like typewriter the chemistry John, she was there, the flow, everything worked music wise. Okay. Yeah, and so just like typewriter John, because I and I always I knew well I did want to have like more control. I wanted to like anything creatively, like I wanted to get to a place where we were like 
doing as much collaboration as we can together because that's what makes the best stuff if everybody's I believe that wholeheartedly collaboration is key because you have different opinions different perspectives they bring something to the table you bring something to the table Mm -hmm. yes that's why I'm doing this anyway (laughs) yeah yeah and so but just like typewriter you can't just it's hard to just get into the creative space with somebody and start making music like you can't just start writing like you you can't just start writing something and that's fine so it's just like typewriter john like it's a nice easy way to get into making songs together yes where i was like okay or like and becoming a band Mm -hmm. so i had written an entire song i had like the backing track for it and all i had the melodies the only thing that it was missing was the vocals and so i was like okay i have the song let's can you try singing on it see if see if you like it and she's like, yeah, sure. And so she's hanging on it. And then I must have sent that to you at some point because I was like, yo. <laughs> it's legit. Yo, this makes it, I think we're doing this makes it for real. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so then Hera, and then that was our first song. So that was our first song that we had that I mostly wrote. And then like we toyed around with and like eventually, you know, you know, Hera started adding a bunch of really, really sweet, like laying with vocals and adding stuff later. And then we started writing Miami. So at first, that, and that was a much more collaborative of, like, the melody writing process. Mm-hmm. So I had, like, the chords and stuff. And, you know, so, so we wrote, long story short, we wrote the song. Then there's this lyric in it that has, um, basically the lyric is, and I want to be your Hera and treat you better. You know, be your Hera and treat you better. You know, whatever. Be your Hera and <laughs> treat you better. <laughs> yeah. It's about the girl in the relationship is, like, Hey, I want to be your hair and treat you better. So that's just like, so I want to be your hair. Like, I want to be your, I'm like, I'm trying to be your goddess. Like, (laughs) like, look at me. Come on. And also I'm going to treat you better than all the other people out there. Like, so, you know, and then also it's like a lot of undertones because Hera was like, you know, Zeus's, uh, uh, you know, wife. And they were like the two, like most powerful Greek Roman goddesses or whatever. But Zeus would always be effing around with like humans and animals alike and all that stuff. Great mm-hmm. mythology. Yep. And then Hera was like vindictive and was like always like either killing or turning them into animals or plants or shit. You know. Yep. Yep. She. <laughs> I'm she, Percy Jackson series. She's. <laughs> yeah. She's that one. <laughs> yeah. And so saying, and so saying, I want to be your Hera and treat you better is not just like a I want to be your main chick. It's also like, and I'm going to fuck up anybody who who yeah, mess around Yeah, I think with. that's like a powerful female, hey, like, yeah. Greek mythology in there, I'm totally for it's it, like, I'm I a, think. Yeah, it's, and so it's like, a, it's like a threat, and it's also just like a, I want to be your... Yeah, I'll be but everything. But I want to be, be your, like, I want to be your, the one for you, you know? But, like, also, I have this side like, to me out. that, like, don't mess with me. Yeah, exactly. I love and so that. that was the line, and then we are trying to think of names for the band, and I definitely, you know, we were, we went through a bunch of stuff, and I was like, what if we just call ourselves Hera? And we're like, and you're like, oh yeah, that works. That works. I was like, and then I was like, hmm. Should we, and we thought about it some more, and then... And then the rest is That was she. it. Yeah. Wow, okay, so you, tell me about kind of going through your music writing process. You say you do music before lyrics always, right? Or for the most part, for yeah. For the most part, yeah. So let's talk about Miami, for example. How do you start with, because I'm very, I don't know a lot about making music, so what, mm. what do you start with as far as, do you do chords, do you do guitar, do you do bass, or, yeah. Ba- I, yeah, I don't, yeah, explain that to me. Mm-hmm. So, for me, and everybody's creative process is, is different, like, no, there's no one way to do it. So for me, the order is some form, sort of instrumental, it can just be like one instrument or two, it doesn't matter, some sort of instrumental then comes the melody, and then comes the lyrics for me. And for me, the type of melodies that I write 
is heavily influenced by what kind of instrumental it is. So back when I was acoustic guitaring it up, singer-songwriter, <laughs> I, I only usually made singer-songwriting songs because that's what the acoustic guitar lends itself to. That makes, yeah. So that's like, so my melody creative space for songwriting like exists within the confines of like kind of like the, like where the, the instrument takes. And then in typewriter John, we are very much bluesy and rock. Mm -hmm. And so when we would play, you know, Els would lay down a, a sweet like lick for a guitar thing. It's like, you know, a bluesy rock and roll, John Mary guitar, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we would write, you know, a bluesy rock and roll. So I could, it's really easy for me to write like a bluesy rock and roll song on top of that. Okay. And so for Hera, like for Miami, I knew I wanted to write like synthy pop, indie pop, right? Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. So I purposefully don't start with guitar because I know if ever I'm going to start with my my Fender Strat, I'm going to make an uh, indie rock song. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's so, yeah, you just kind of base it off of what instruments you use, and it kind of takes the shape from there and how you... Yeah, because it gives... It the gives vibe of the song, the lyrics, the tone, mood, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you know that right Yeah. So Miami starts with a synth. Yeah, so I start... This is fun. This is really fun to tell because I feel so cool to saying this but so I, got, I got this i think i remember you told me you yeah, bought this thing because i love I this so i was like i was like just like every you know it's it's so funny because i was so like looking back i'm like very like naive idealistic about so much stuff i was like all right i saw a few youtube videos with some like cool producers that I like <laughs> like like that make music or whatever and they've got all these really cool synths from like the 80s in their in their, in their studios <laughs> like they got walls of them and i was like whoa that's so cool and I was like, I'm going to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, hey, that's how you get started, honestly. Then, there you go. Craigslist. Cra <laughs> hey, you got to do that. Synth. <laughs> synth. Craigslist. Yeah. Synth. Craigslist. Cheap. Cheap. Yep. <laughs> and then I found this. Uh, um, I didn't really know what I was looking for. But <laughs> I happened to find... Just fake it till you make it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I would have never known, like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, you know what you're doing. You just, you know, you know. I Yeah, it's like a strong... It's I a learning have process. Strong ideas. It's the execution that can You have vary. vision. You have vision, and you go with that vision, which I think carries... Oh, thank you. ...through... So, and then... Craigslist. <laughs> through Craigslist. So Craigslist, right? <laughs> and so, I'm like, all right, what do I... So, I need to be cheap, but I want to have some cool sounds. And so, I'm looking through everything. I see some, like, you know, the hella cheap ones that are, like the plasticky plasticky you know and then <laughs> the sounds that are like out of tune and just terrible i'm like okay i don't want that but then i found this this korg a sampling synthesizer from 1984 dx11 i think i forget what number it is but it's a sampling synthesizer and it was broken <laughs> and i'm like and i I'm want like, that and it was broken 80 dollars <laughs> and i'm like really and i'm like okay so I read the I read the description on Craigslist. You're an engineer. You can. That's what I know. That's yeah. what I'm like. I'm like. I'm like. I'm, a, I'm in school. I've been in school for one year, learning intro to engineering classes. <laughs> I put two wires together and soldered them. At this point, I'm like, I'm an engineer. Yeah, you can. Do I that. can fix this. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I did my research and I was like, okay, so the problems are probably one of these problems, which means I'm either gonna need to. It could be as easy as this, or it could be as hard as buying a replacement and fixing it. Either way. I'm willing to try out those and put the work in or just I'll be at 80 bucks and that's like not too bad. Mm -hmm. So fine risk, whatever. So I go to this guy's house. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. We can look at Craigslist. So I go to this guy's oh. house. And I'm like, he's like, Hey, and he's a musician too. He gets it. So I know, so I, so I know like, I know it's, it makes me happy that he's a musician. So he's taking care of it. And you know, it was sitting, 
it was an old, an old synthesizer that he had bought like years ago with money that he had earned working at Guitar Center from Guitar Center and he had bought it and then he wanted to fix it up at some point, but it just sat in his like mom's garage for like <laughs> 10, 15 years. And then he brought it out to his apartment and was going to fix it up, but he can never get it to work and okay. he never had time to like get it to work. And I was like, well, I'm going to try to get it to work. And so he was like, okay. And so I got this beast of a synthesizer and it's really nice. So it's, it's got like weighted keys. It's got all sorts of functions. It's, it was like, it was like a $2,000, $3,000 uh, wow. uh, synthesizer in 1984 and some hey, big bucks. musicians. Yeah. And big musicians played it like, like Chick Corea played, played that, um, uh, that sent the same synthesizer and so he i got this old ass manual and this <laughs> 80, dollar, go through 80 dollar broken synthesizer i take it i take it home and i'm like all right let's do this let's do this, let's do this. <laughs> and i read a, i read it a little bit i'm like how does this work and so the it's a so it's a sampling synthesizer which means you load in sounds and then you can play the keys to make the notes of said sound that's very so cool. it'll be a certain wavelength that's going to get plugged in and then it'll be, you press your keys or whatever. It's got, um, whatever. So it's great. Uh, it also has a really cool feature where if you press down and then all the way and then you press down a little bit more, the volume will swell even a little bit more. So like it bottoms out and then you can push to get a little bit of lift in it. Oh, it's a really cool feature. A lot of yeah. synthesizers, like keyboards don't have that as much anymore, but I need to go to Craigslist. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Craigslist, this guy, he was great. So he sold for me at 80 bucks and then... So it comes, so 84, right? So there's floppy disks, three and a half inch drives. So the sounds don't come to the internet. They don't come, you load them on via floppy disks. So, Retro. so I take my first floppy out. I'm like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> Keyboards, one. Oh my God. <laughs> I put it in, and I put it in and I try to follow, I spend like an hour like trying to make sure I press the right buttons. It was incredibly non-intuitive way too many functions really meant for the i know my shit and waveform like audio engineer person like they know like so i'm i'm using its base functionality but i plug it in and it works i'm like what the fuck what so it turns out this guy just he didn't realize that the just some of the floppy disks were corrupted the data on specific floppy disks were, were okay. corrupted so he had only ever unluckily plugged in the ones that and tried to load the couple that didn't work, that were broken. Oh my So the gosh. first one I plug in, I'm you just like... You lucky duck. Yeah. And so these things were going for like 300 400 you know, $500, like whatever. And I got mine for 80 bucks, And I'm just I like... I believe that. I'm just like, plug the first one in, it works. And then it was either that day or a day later, try to play a chord, up, try to play a chord, up, try to play a chord. And then the that very first thing, I, I hit a sound that I liked. And... Um, then I sang, I was like, okay, yeah, let's make a melody on this. And See, then, duh, duh. and so that, the very, the intro of Miami, yes. that's that first sound that wow. I found. So it's like, a really cool sound. It's like definitely 80s, really vibey, lots of reverb. Yes. Every sound on that, on those floppy disks are like super duper wet is the term. And like mm -hmm. really, really cool. So that was that. And, you know, play the first chords like dun, 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 and I'm like terrible at piano playing. So I, it takes me like two hours to get this simple two hand melody yep, going. Yep. <laughs> like, you know? Oh my God, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. But once, so once, if there is a 
chord structure, a song, whatever, it doesn't matter. If it's, if it has any sort of like, I feel fortunate because like melodies just come to me super easy. My brain automatically just starts thinking of melodies mm-hmm, if there's like mm-hmm. a, a thing that's cool and inspiring. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is a cool sound, an inspiring sound. And then I played it and then, uh, and then the first thing was like, and it was like really slow though yeah and then so we like so we sped it up i was like okay this is way too slow to do anything i'm not trying to write like a slow ass you know i was like i want to make a pop song yeah so i speed it up and then they helped a lot with the with the melodies on that one but yeah it starts like that and then once i got an instrument then a melody all of, just like the melodies, just like I'm like, ooh, like let me try this, let me try this, think, let me yeah, try this. Yeah, you just kind of mix and match and I see. I start, I start hearing all the other instruments in yeah. my head, uh-huh. and so I start hearing drums. I start hearing like sometimes bass. Mm-hmm. You know, start hearing more synth on top, and so it all just it all just comes into my head, and then and then at that point it's just about doing what I can do to refine put, it, tweak it, and put it from my head into the into, computer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a hard. That's a hard process, but. I'm getting better at it, but yeah. So that that's that's how I create songs. Yeah, so. making music, performing music, yeah, performing it live. Yeah. So once you and I had a couple of tunes or a couple of covers and mm-hmm. stuff, how did you get these gigs? How does it feel to be? Because you kind of performed with a typewriter, John the Blue Strings, but then now it's yeah, like now it's kind of your own music. Your I mean, it's just two of you now. Well, I mean, so with typewriter, John, we were playing like local venues and we were getting shows and stuff. I already knew how playing, like, playing out at venues worked. Mm Because Columbus had a great, like, DIY house scene that was so fun playing in basements. But also (laughs) there, they had a a cool, like, venue scene as well. There's a bunch of cool places to play. So we had played at a few different places. You know, know, it's just, like, generally what we needed to do next in order to get a gig was something that was like, okay, so let's contact some places, let's, you know, whatever, hey. And so we knew we needed to do, like, open mics and stuff first. Mm-hmm. it's really just like you start with your first first open mic gigs invite all your friends out <laughs> you know? yeah because they're all excited to see, like, see oh, you for the first time yeah yeah they're all excited to see you for the first time so you go and there's this one like open there's this one place called coda that like is three blocks from my house and a super sweet venue and it was just like a little basement venue and there was an open mic on like a tuesday or something and then so i'm just like okay Let's let's go play our songs for the first time. Open mic, tell our friends, and I was like, "Yep, let's go do it. Sounds gonna be great." So we go go down there, and then we play our songs for the first time, and people like it. And then you do a few more open mics here and there. You just it's basically just like you look around until you find enough open mics, and you say, "Okay, we do this on this day, this on this day." And so you pick your open mics, and then so Neha and I were just doing that for the first six months to a year, even still we were still looking for open mics, but then. We were all like, I was also going to like, you start meeting people. So you go start going to like all these other people's concerts mm-hmm. and you start going to like, there's a couple like this one chick named Maddie, uh, Maddie Finn is so awesome. She put like the series together where she got people together to learn about all sorts of things like the musical process, the business, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started going to like little events like those and you cool. meet people through that and you all say, okay, you have a band, you have a band. Yeah. And then eventually like, and then eventually you do that enough and then. At some point, somebody's like, oh, yeah, I heard you at this open mic. Because cause they're like, 
oh, I, you know, I'll say like, oh, any open mics I should, we should go to. And then three people are like, oh, you should come to my open mic at this date. And the other person's like, oh, come to my open mm-hmm, mic at this date. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay. And then so over the next few months, Neha and I would go to both all three of those open mics. And then they'd all be like, oh, dude, you guys are great. Yeah. And then they'd be like, okay. You're like, yeah, do you, do you want to play a show together? And then they were like, yes, please. Let us <laughs> open for you. Yes. <laughs> and then you start opening for people. Okay. The one difference between Hera and Typewriter John, though, was because the music was different, I think a little bit easier to get into. I was a bit, I'm a better songwriter, way better songwriter now than I feel like I was in Typewriter John. I'm understanding like song structure, all this stuff a lot better. And then we were really fortunate because it was, it was pretty easy, uh, not pretty easy. It was easier for us in Hera than, type, than it was for Typewriter John because after our first few open mics and then our first few events that we went to, that process that kicked off was was so good because people like liked us enough that we we didn't like in our first few like venues we had to like ask the person say hey i've got like these two bands that we're willing to play with like can we come at this time or whatever and you know you have to do like work to set that up it's a whole thing Mm -hmm. um but it's fine but after the first like six months people just kept inviting us to shows Okay, and I was like, okay, we know who you are. Because, yeah, because... We've seen your work. You're pretty we didn't, good. <laughs> and we didn't need to go look for shows anymore because people wow. would just keep inviting us to things because they knew we brought a crowd out because we have some freaking awesome friends. So, like, yes. you know, people don't like... So, like, your music is good. All right, you can open up for me. And it's like, okay, you bring a crowd out so people are going to know that that same crowd that comes for you yep. is going to come to my stuff. And so people like having people more, openers yes. with more people there. yes. And so people would just keep inviting us to shows. And so, like, the next year, year and a half, we're just, like, hanging out and not doing anything. And people are just like, hey, you want to come play a show? And it's just like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And then we applied for, like, a couple things. But for the most part, it's just like, let's say yes to every possible thing we can. I think those, yeah, I think in even any art business, you kind of have to be your own self-marketer, self you know, you're self-starting, you know, on your own. So you kind of have to market yourself, but then... I think saying yes to everything is so crucial in the beginning. Or also saying yes, but also in, in the vein of your own vision. So then you can get more opportunities, meet more people, network more. Yeah, networking is super important. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Saying yes to as many things as we possibly could at the beginning was definitely super important. Because then you're like, then you don't have to look anymore and people just want you instead. Yeah, and I mean, you have to do more work to make sure that you are available on that Wednesday night. Yeah. And then... You are available on that Thursday night. You are available on that Sunday afternoon. You know, you got to make sure you're you're ready to do all that stuff. But mm-hmm. once you do that, and it's great because Neha and I, you know, we're, we work at jobs such that we're able to, like, spend a good amount of time, you know, doing this stuff. So it's like, and we're both very excited about it. So it was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Let's do it. A few, every once in a while I was like, yeah, we should probably go do this. But most, for, for like, like, nine times out of ten, like, it was let's like... Let's do it! Every, yeah, nine times out of ten, like, yes, 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 yes! <laughs> so, tell me, I think the pinnacle so far has been House of Blues. Yeah, that's been there. our biggest... Yeah, for, as of now, like, how did that come about? Were, how did, yeah, just explain that to me. I've seen clips because I wasn't there, but just, how did you, you get to that point? What was the performance like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so when, after going to like the, you know, community stuff and everything like that, like you meet people and everybody's putting on their own, like their own like shows and gigs and stuff like that. And you're trying to connect with people. And it's at a certain point you need to get into like festival type of stuff. And the way the festivals work is you have to apply online to those. So you, you, you know, you apply online to these festivals. Do you have to submit 
work, like your samples for festivals and stuff? Yeah, most of the time you do. You need to give your links to your social media so they see how many followers you have, your Facebook okay. page, and then, you know, why you want to play and what kind of genre you're, at, you're in and whatever, mm-hmm. and use it like a video of you playing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were playing music or whatever, and then we've got, we've got some good shows under our belt. We're right, we've written more songs at that point. Mm-hmm. So, like, we've had, we have, <laughs> we have a six-song set. <laughs> with, well, we have zero more songs than six. So, it's like, can you, six. Play, can you play for an hour? We're like... We can play for, yeah, yeah, we can, maybe, <laughs> you know, 45, we'll give you extra time to set yourself up, it's yeah, great, yeah. but, uh, so yeah, we, you know, and so House of Blues was one of the few things, like, that we applied to for, like, the summer, like, this was, like, like spring, summer, fall festivals type stuff, like, a, a, a few, a good handful of people, like, they all say the same ones that you should be applying for, and so we're like, all right, so we apply to this festival and this little festival, and it's, like, local Cleveland ones, and they're so awesome, there's, like, Porch Fest, and all sorts Love of great local. stuff. Yeah. And so Women Rock Clee was one sweet uh, thing that they that AJ and the Woods put together, which is another awesome uh, local Cleveland band. We applied to like a bunch of, like a small handful, a few. And then everybody said no, except for House of Blues. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, but the thing is, we, we haven't put out music yet at the time of this interview. Yeah. We had, we have, we... I don't know. It's crazy. It's it's so awesome how like everybody's been so supportive because we we have no music out there, zero. There you can't find a recording, like just audio file of us anywhere at this point. Yeah. And and everybody is still like, hey, come play with us. Hey, come play with us. That's that's something too though. Like but, they don't need an audio file. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, you know it's. But it, it hurts us. It hurts us when, we, <laughs> yeah. when we're trying to like. It's like let me see how many people listen to your music a month. And, and you're we're like, just like, uh, oh, well, here's the thing. We, <laughs> thing. Have... we don't quite have that yet. And then, so we're like, okay, but, so we sent out, we sent out MP3s of my jank ass mixes of, hey. of, of, <laughs> of Miami on Occipital Love, our first two songs, and then the main vocalist, guitarist, um, an AJ in the Woods, you know, one, as one of the people, like, so AJ in the Woods, this band, was looking through all of the applicants, mm-hmm. and, and he was like, and, like, the AJ in the Woods and those people, when they were looking, they were like, hey, like, this song is, like, really good. Like, you guys should come play House of Blues. And we're like, whoa! And they and I were, like, so pumped. <laughs> we were so pumped. So, yeah, we just applied for it. And then... Sometimes you just got to reach for... You got to go. All, yeah, you got to try. You got to try... Every, again, try everything. Because you never know that one... Because, of course, everyone else said no, but you get that one... Yeah. That one person who's like, this is good. They're yeah. legit. <laughs> and, you know, they've been, they've been putting out that together for like uh for a great cause so it's all like charity and stuff so it's awesome Awesome. to be part of that and and so we got this we got the very first slot of the entire night (laughs) i mean it was it was a good time there were two stages there was like a small stage and like Mm -hmm. the main stage Mm -hmm. so we were super pumped to be on the main stage and we were going first like you know the ideal slot is obviously but we were going first and that was amazing we were just happy to be there and be at house of blues it was a whole like surreal surreal thing it feels it's it's so great because everybody and that was amazing, and everybody, but everybody afterwards was like, oh, did you apply to Porch Fest, or did you apply to this, did you apply to that? And we were just like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we did. And they are like, oh, you didn't get in? And I was like, no, no, no. But I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it's, nobody's, it's nobody's fault. I mean, like, no. they're, like, crazy busy, the people, like, putting these things together, and, like, you know, we send them, we don't have any music out, so it's like, yeah. what can you do? But uh-huh. all these people saying, oh, my gosh, really? But you the know, fit, after people we love, played, you know, like, listening to it, you know? Yeah, it's... and so it's like, so it's like, yeah, what can you do? So tell me, what are your next steps? Cause I know... You were trying to get this music out. 
next steps are to get our single out to Miami, which we are currently actively looking. We send emails out to places to look for quotes for helping mix and master because I, I can put instruments into the computer. <laughs> I can adjust a level for volume up and down. <laughs> yep. I can maybe throw reverb on things. Uh, and then outside of that, most of the time I kind of like hear what I want. I, I know that I can't mix and master. And even that with like producing and stuff like that, basically I think I was, I was in a mental block for like a year where I was like, I want to do more on this song. I don't quite know how to make Miami like a little bit better. So mm -hmm. tweaking it, doing all this stuff. And also just being really busy with work because we, we went through a really crazy busy phase of work and stuff like that. But I finally, I was just like, all right, I'm never going to be able to like get it to be perfect like the way I want it. I know that I don't know a bunch of stuff, but so we'll, we need we need help to get mixing and mastering to get it ready for, you know, Spotify and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so you got Miami. Any other songs in the back pocket or you, you're kind of, you play around a lot. Yeah, you I mean we have. Yep. So we have we have like we have like I don't I don't know the number. Well, because you played six at House of Blues, but then yeah. one of them was the two of them were covers, two and then covers. I you know I've got another couple songs that we want to make at this point. So mm -hmm. you know we got like, and then a couple others that we just don't play as much. So we we probably made like eight songs together at this mm -hmm. point, eight mm -hmm. fully fleshed out songs, and then they're probably like, then I have a couple extras in my like Logic files or whatever mm -hmm. my folders that I want to make eventually. But yeah. The band has Instagram. It's Hera underscore music underscore Klee for Cleveland. Yes, yes. C-L-E. You also have a Facebook. Yes, we do. And you have videos on YouTube. At this point, we like literally just put up a couple. One of them was actually Miami live. Yes. Uh, at House of Blues. So Perfect. Go check that out on our YouTube page. I can put it too on my website. <gasps> oh, and Bailey. Bailey, our, our cousin. <gasps> our other cousin. Our other cousin. <laughs> took, took some nice photos of us. Yes. So we'll put one of those up. Shout out Bailey. Shout out Bailey. Also, they're doing my um, theme song for this podcast. Yup, yup. It's great. I love it. Got a theme song ready. Gonna be a hair song later, but, but definitely works as a theme song yes, now. Yes, yes. So, yeah, we'll put all that stuff in there. But yeah, and then also there's another, the other song was Dangerous Game. And that song, that and that recording is from Coda from our very first. So we, right now we have two things on YouTube. Okay. One is one is Dangerous Game. And I was, man, I'm still working on my guitar skills, but whew, <laughs> okay, that was be uh, okay. Anyway, it's it's good. a great performance. You know, we both do a great job, and it's in a super cool venue. We're all almost so critics. It's great. <laughs> from our our first performance ever is on YouTube right now, and then also our our biggest performance ever at a house. It's so cool to look at to look back in yeah. both of those. I'm so glad you got to be here. Would you like to share anything else? Put anything else out there for listeners. Uh, just check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and maybe. At some point, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'll be your first listener. And I'm really excited for all of the... Because this is, you know, lockdown, COVID, whatever. So I'm trying to do as much as I can on my own to make as many awesome options for new Hera songs going forward. I think this coronavirus has been a blessing in disguise in the sense that people have more free time to create. Mm -hmm. I'm, or, you know, they have just more time to think and look and reflect and... Yeah, to kind of get their creative juices flowing, so for sure. But thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited we did this. I wanted to do it, and we did it. So thank you so much. And um, wait, wait, wait. Can we? I was thinking like, can we? Wait, wait. Let me play the outro. Let's play the outro. <gasps> I don't know. <laughs>
Thanks for having me on Artifacts. This is such a great time. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Um, stay, come back again. We're gonna have some more artists on this podcast. Stay safe and healthy. See you guys next time. Peace out. Yeah. Hey. I love this.